this episode of the Audacity Channel podcast, let's talk about the new version of Audacity that was just released, along with some additional features that are coming to us soon in future versions of Audacity. Well, this week, version 3.2.4 of Audacity was released. It's a minor update, but it's an important update. Because version 3.2.4 fixed the problem that was associated with the meter toolbars. In the past, when we resized a meter toolbar and then closed out Audacity, the next time we opened Audacity, the meter toolbar was back to its default size. And in version 3.2.4, that's no longer the case. You can expand the size of your meter toolbars, as well as your play at speed toolbar, and the next time you open Audacity, your changes will still be there. I like this because I like to see what's going on in that meter toolbar, both when I'm recording and when I'm in playback mode. So I've got my toolbars on the top of my user interface, and they're taking up probably close to half the screen. And that gives me good resolution. And because I do audiobooks, I've increased the range of those as well. You can do that in preferences. My meter toolbars go down to a negative 84 dB. They default at 60, but I need to see what's below 60 because minus 60 dB is the top of the noise floor that you're allowed when you're doing ACX audiobooks. So I needed to see what was going on below negative 60 dB, so I increased my resolution down to a minus 84 dB. Now that's really quiet. That's almost silent. But really that area from a negative 60 down to a negative 76 is what I wanted to see. So I changed that. And now I've expanded my meter toolbars out nice and wide, so I get a much better resolution on what the audio level is doing both when I'm recording and when I'm in playback. And I like that. I used to keep the play at speed toolbar up in the top as well. I've since moved it back down to the bottom, but I've increased it considerably. And not unlike the meter toolbars, this gives me better resolution when I'm doing play at speed. And I do do, I do do, I do use play at speed regularly when I'm editing. I use it to slow down spots where I might have a question about something that's going on in the audio. And when I do my final playthrough, I don't listen to it in real time. I speed it up because I don't want to sit there for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or however long the audio is that I'm listening to and listen to it again in real time when I've done all the edits on it already. I've already listened to the audio over and over again as I was doing content editing and adding effects. So when I'm doing the final playthrough, I use the play at speed toolbar and I crank it up to about a 1.8. Sometimes I get real brave and I go to 2.0, but that's pretty fast. But the reason I do that is that at that point in time, all of my, all of my editing is done. I've cleaned up the content. I know the content is good. There's no more ums. There's no more repeats or false starts or heavy breathing or mouth sounds. I've gotten rid of those by this time. So on my final playthrough, I speed it up. And now I've resized that play at speed toolbar as well so that I have better resolution on it. Also, I asked Audacity, oh, four, five, six weeks ago, if there was going to be a way to start saving our effects chain. You know, now that we can do real-time effects in Audacity, which, by the way, is huge, is there a way to save the chain in the order that we use it? Not only the effects that you like to use, but the order that you're applying them when you're using real-time effects. And the answer that I got was a resounding yes. 
in some future version, and I don't know when, but in some future version, we're going to have the ability to save our effect chains within Audacity so that we can reuse those whenever we need to. That's one more step that puts Audacity on a par with costly DAWs. This speeds up our post-production because we'll no longer have to manually add those effects each time and try to remember the order that we had them in or looking at the screenshot that we had taken of the order of the effects each time we want to add them. I don't know about you, but the effects that I use can change. I have one set of effects for this microphone that I'm using right now, which is my Shure SM7B, and those effects are different than the effects I use when I'm using my shotgun mic. Also, if I'm recording in my AT2040 microphone, I have a different set of effects for it. And so it's going to be really convenient to be able to save those effects chains and just reapply them each time depending on the environment that I'm in and the microphone that I'm using. And again, I know that's coming in some future version of Audacity, but I don't know when, I don't know what version, but I'm watching for it all the time. It's not there yet, but it's going to be. I want to give a couple of shout-outs here real quick. One to Chris Curran. Many of you know Chris. He runs the Podcast Engineering School, and he has a podcast by that name as well as a YouTube channel. Well, I reached out to him a couple of weeks ago because I had some questions about Reaper. Yes, Reaper. Reaper intrigues me, and I wanted to learn a little bit more about it, and I know he uses Reaper, so I reached out to him and said, hey, can you give me some basics on Reaper? Is there anything available out there, or is that something that you could do? And he graciously responded to me, and then he had me on his YouTube channel, and he did a high-level overview of Reaper and how he uses Reaper. So I wanted to give Chris a shout-out. I'll put a link to that video in the description of this episode in case you want to go take a look at it. It's always helpful to me to see what other people are doing. I like to peek in and see what's happening in someone else's studio or someone else's recording environment and look at their processes because that makes me a better editor. You always pick up good information from someone, especially an audio engineer, of which Chris is, and there's always good information to glean, even if we're using different software programs to accomplish the same thing. I did find out that he and I use some similar plugins, and seeing some of his processes and what he's going through and being able to ask him a few questions really helped me. So again, just a quick shout out to Chris Curran over there at Podcast Engineering School. You can find it on your favorite podcast app, again, the Podcast Engineering Show, and I'll have a link below to the video that we did. And I also want to let you know that there's a sale going on right now at Isotope. Isotope has a lot of their products on sale right now. I don't know how long this sale is going to last, but today is Thursday, February 2nd, and that sale is going on. If you've ever wanted to get Isotope RX-10 standard, it's on sale for $200 off. So instead of paying $399, you'll pay $199. So just a heads up that Isotope's having a sale right now. If you want to take advantage of that, I have no connection to it. I'm not associated with them, but their products are amazing, and you might want to go check it out. And also a reminder that I teach Audacity for podcasters and audiobook narrators. You can find my courses at audacitybootcamp.com. And I've priced them low to get them into people's hands. Audacity Step-by-Step Beginner to Advanced is only $99. That's the normal price. 
ACX audiobook production using Audacity is my second course there, and it's priced at $79. Again, I price them low because I want them to get into people's hands. I've gotten a very good response from Audacity users over the years. I've run over 3,000 students through my Audacity courses, and now that I've migrated them to a different server, they're also updated to the latest version of Audacity. So if you want to check that out, again, you'll find it at audacitybootcamp.com, audacitybootcamp.com. And as of now, I even pay for your sales tax. When you sign up for one of my courses, the price of the course is the price you pay because I am picking up the sales tax for you. I know, it's amazing, and you can thank me by giving me a good review once you purchase and go through the program if that's what you end up doing, which I hope it is. If Audacity is your software of choice for your podcasts or ACX audiobook production, I think the courses that I have at audacitybootcamp.com are going to really help you. And there's some reviews there. You can preview some of the videos, and that'll help you make a decision whether or not this is something you want to do. So thank you for joining me on this edition of the Audacity Channel podcast. I really appreciate it. And until next time, you all take care.